0: So, Mark, tell us a little bit about uh, your early years. I'd love to hear about uh, someone like you and in, in your childhood.
1: Thanks, Weisel. I was always a very determined individual. And even from the day I could walk, I was very determined. And I was always very determined to make sure I could connect with people. So, one day, my mother, in all her wisdom, decided to pop out of the house that we lived in in South London Now, at that time, people may think this is terrible what she did, but she actually, you know, she made sure I was fine. She popped out. was only going to be gone for maybe a couple of minutes as there was a grocery shop close by. And I just remember walking, waking up and she wasn't there and feeling like I've got to connect with her, I've got to go. So what I did is that I walked to the front door, found something to unlock it, opened the front door and remember... I think I was just about, I think I was probably less than five years old. The story, the way she replays it is that I walked down the road and someone thought, what is a little boy half naked doing, walking down the road, looking around? And I was trying to find my mother. And I said, and I found her and she goes, oh my God, you're here. And I said, yeah, because I, I wanted to make sure you're okay. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, you didn't say goodbye before you, you left and I was always very determined she goes how did you unlock the door I found a way how did you know where I'd go because you know we I had memories of where we'd gone before and I think that the story really early on I was always going to fight to do to try and connect trying to find those that I love and be with those and be with those that I love and that determination was very much so present in school so where did this start? Because I'm
0: sure a lot of the uh, people who are viewing, who are listening, you know, um, would, would love the end result. But Mark, where did it begin?
1: Working at McDonald's was a really important part of my learning curve when it came to handling money. So I became very good at handling money and making sales and doing it and doing volume. That's, that's key. That's a very important thing. The other thing that my business sense, I, was, I learned how to sell wills now that's a very difficult thing to sell the last will and testament so i got used to sales and doing sales calls cold calling which is a tricky thing to do and no one likes cold calling the rejection's hard to deal with real but it taught me about rejection and that's also a very important skill when it comes to a business because without sales you've got no business
0: but may i ask on that point um were you trained on how to deal with rejection was it just trial and error
1: no it's just trial and error No one said, this is how you deal with a value objection, a price objection, you know, um, no one taught me about that. You you just went in and did it.
0: But where did you learn? How did you get better at dealing with rejection? Yeah. So I think
1: that actually came through quite later on. I, I, I was able to contextualize it. So no one had ever explained it to me. But when I started doing, putting together my property coaching program, I got a coach to help me. And one of their sections was how to deal with rejection. And I suddenly realized I've been doing this. I know how to deal with rejection. This, this all resonated with me and it all made sense. So I think I got that training very later on. And I basically understood that to be good in business, you've got to be, and to be good in sales, because without sales, you've got no business, without marketing, you've got no business. That's right. That's, that's important. So um, I learned to deal with rejection and, The other thing was the organisation and systems. That's one important thing that I picked up, that when you're organised and consistent and you've got good systems, you can delegate because you can delegate those systems to others. If you write down your systems, you can easily transfer those tasks to other people so you don't have to do them. The creative finance mindset, everyone is going to need to have this at some point, if they want to continue investing in anything, and as a property investor, my personal story is the same as every property investor. You save, you make your money for your deposit in the traditional way. You go out, you get a mortgage, you buy the property, and you may you know rent it out and do whatever. But eventually, once you reach your second, third, fourth property, you're going to, you're going to run out of money. And what? I realized was is that I was a very private property investor. I had these big ideas and these big visions, but you eventually run out of steam. And then you start looking around and wonder how do people buy buildings? How do they buy big, you know, commercial buildings and convert them into flats? Or how do they make massive property portfolios? That's where you introduce the word creativity. That's where it starts. And you realise that as a property investor, everyone runs out of money. But the key is, is that everyone else does have money and also people do not have time. There are many people who make money and don't have time. I was one of them. I remember as a doctor working very long hours and never really having the time to spend my money. And if someone had come to me and said, look, I understand how to invest your money and to put it into an asset and and make it grow and make higher return than a bank could ever give you, then that becomes a very attractive proposition because then I am now, I know my money is going to grow. I'm going to grow my wealth.